0: Hello. Hello. I'm Craig Fields. And I'm David Long. And you're listening to Is It Worth It? The film review podcast where we go out of our way to see all the films in the cinema, even the bad ones, so you don't have to. We're into double figures as we've arrived at week number 10. And coming up on today's show, we'll be taking a look at Amy Schumer's new film, I Feel Pretty. The Strangers are back and they're praying at night
1: with The Strangers Pray at Night. Helen Mirren and Donald Sutherland star in The Leisure Seeker. Also on today's show is Tully. (laughs) You
0: got that wrong? (laughs) Tully, starring Charlize Theron (laughs) and Mackenzie Davis. So we've been discussing how we pronounce that name Charlize Theron. And we're going to play a clip right now because this sums it up quite nicely. I want to hear it now. I go by Charlize Theron. But it's the real pronunciation pronunciation of my last name is Thron, which is really Tron. hard for people to say. Yeah. Okay. Um, well,
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm none the wiser. The guy, the poor bloke interviewing her, had no idea. No, he really didn't. <laughs> so, for the purpose of the podcast, we'll refer to her as Sholly's Thron. Yeah. Ther- Th- oh, well, I don't know. Nah. Uh, um, what else have we got coming up other than that ridiculously hard to pronounce name?
0: Well, the final film we'll have coming up is uh, with Lily James, and she returns to the big screen after her performance in Darkest Hour. Lily has sailed over to Guernsey for the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society. Oh, what a difficult show. Charlie Thron P- Potato Peel Pie Society.
1: Oh, what a nightmare.
0: Yeah. I think we'll um, segue over to uh, congratulations to somebody. Yes, we will. Uh, our good friend Paul Newbegin from The
1: Past Podcast has got some fantastic recognition with an article in the Yorkshire Evening Post. It says, Leeds foodie podcaster cooking up a storm with hit chef series. He's got over 30,000 subscribers to his podcast, um, interviews top chefs, Michelin star chefs. It's called The Pass
0: and it's well worth a listen. And congratulations, Paul. Well done, Paul. Paul. Um, so we're going to segue straight on over to our box office rundown unless I've missed something out. because you no. just gave me a no, actually,
1: I think that's <laughs> the second time you said about segwaying
0: uh, that was maybe in one of the previous takes <laughs> oh right okay I just Possibly. thought have you been on a segue today no I haven't I'd love to go segue Oh, in, we should do it we really should yeah maybe we can ask um, Cineworld <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway it's time for our dramatic
1: box office rundown
0: This is the Box
1: Office Rundown, brought to you by Is It Worth It, the film review podcast.
0: Yes, that's right. We're back for the, bo- the, 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 the box office rundown for the weekend of May the 4th to the 6th, 2018. And you're going to have a real difficult time with this. This, this is an this absolute
1: joke. So we're going to start at the bottom at number 10. And the film is called Miri to Majo No Hannah.
0: <laughs> Sorry, can you say that again?
1: Miri to Majo No Hannah. No Hannah. No. I mean, what is going on this week? I I must confess, I have never heard of this film. I've not seen it advertised. No. It's taken a hundred grand um, in one week. I'm ass- I'm assuming it's a foreign film.
0: Yeah, no, it definitely is. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, none the wiser. Can't tell you anything about that.
0: Um, is it worth it? Possibly. Possibly.
1: Uh, at number nine is the ever annoying James Corden in Peter Rabbit. Uh, we reviewed this a few weeks ago. I think it comes nowhere near close to the original Beatrix Potter series. Um, but the kids will like it. So Worth it's... it for the kids, possibly not for the adults. Yeah. At number eight, we have Tully um, with Charlie's throne which we will be reviewing on today's <laughs> show. Uh, above that at seven is The Stranger's Prey at Night, again being reviewed on today's show. Uh, Craig, at number six, we have Blade Runner.
0: Yep, so that is the uh, secret cinema uh, run uh, run of the film, which is doing really well still, actually. It's taken another 200 grand at the weekend, so well done, Blade Runner.
1: Yeah, and surprise, surprise, actually. Above that, at number five, is Dwayne The Rock Johnson in Rampage. Um, it's been in the box office now for four weeks. It's taken 8.3 million, um, and people are still going to see Dwayne The Rock Johnson with his gorilla friend, fist-pumping gorillas, fighting flying wolves. Oh, crazy. Buildings landing on top of them both. Um, I will say quickly that our friend slash foe, Mr. P.T. Barnum, has gone.
0: Oh my God, yes, I didn't even realise. The Greatest
1: Showman, which was in the box office for a good 16 weeks, has finally gone. And I think that's probably because it's out on DVD,
0: like, now. Yeah, and I think it's actually literally left the cinema, yeah, so and you it's can't, available can't on... go and see it. So that poor woman who yeah, had oh. been to see it 39 times, probably now 65 yeah, times, you yeah. can't see it in the cinema anymore.
1: Well, it's on the Sky Store and it's going to be on DVD soon. She's probably um, bought 10 copies on Blu-ray. <laughs> Above that at number four is the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society. Again, we will be reviewing that on today's show. I'm quite surprised to see A Quiet Place at number three. It's taken £10.8 million now. It's been in the box office for five
0: weeks. A really, really, really good film. Mm. And I, I don't feel it's a surprise. I think people have been saying, go and see this film. It's really good. They were su- pleasantly surprised by it. Like we were, Yeah. the trailer didn't evoke much to our senses, didn't really evoke much to the story whatsoever. We didn't really want to go and see it. But because we had to go and see it, we found it was really good. People who went to go and see it probably told their mates, actually, this is bloody good. Mm. And it is.
1: Yeah, well worth a watch. I believe we reviewed that last week. So if you haven't heard our review, uh, check that out. At number two is Amy Schumer in I Feel Pretty. That's just come out. It's taken 1.3 million uh, at the weekend. Uh, but still, at the top of the pile, my word, those statistics are impressive. Avengers Infinity War. Uh, it's grossed £50 million pounds in two weeks, and it took another £10
0: million at the weekend. Really, really impressive figures. Absolutely it, smashing I don't, it. I don't think there's any surprise there at no. all. I mean, when the first Avengers came out, it smashed box office. And, and now it, it's just the new one is just smashing the box office even more. It's just incredible.
1: Yes, and before I do the full box office rundown, there's a film that I reviewed last week that isn't in there uh, called Love, Simon. I don't know if it's still in cinemas, but if you haven't seen this film, I 100% recommend uh, getting it on DVD when it comes out. Honestly, in my top five films since I've been doing this podcast, I thought it was fantastic, really worth checking out. And I'm upset that it hasn't done that well in the box office because I really thought it was a great film.
0: Oh, it, it was a fantastic film and I was pleasantly surprised just to how much you loved it. Mm. Um, no, no, really good stuff and it, when it does come out on DVD we'll let you know and you can go out and buy it.
1: Absolutely. So, for the dramatic rundown oh, I've got to say this again at number 10 is Mirai Tumaggio No Nohanna 9, Peter Rabbit 8, Tully 7, Those Strangers Are Back Again and They Are Praying at Night 6, Blade Runner Five, Dwayne The Rock Johnson fist-pumping large gorillas. It's Rampage. Four, the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society. Three, A Quiet Place. Two, Craig hates when I do that. Two is Amy Schumer, I Feel Pretty. And number one, no spoilers here, Avengers Infinity War. (laughs) He looks so terrified because I have the power to ruin it for everyone. But you won't. I won't. Um, don't abuse your position don't me. abuse my position of power but if you haven't seen Avengers Infinity War see it as soon as possible because the internet is full of spoilers and full of Infinity War memes and it's it's impossible not to know what happened so go and see it ASAP
0: yes um, so first film up on that list of films to review is I Feel Pretty with Amy Schumer did you know Cineworld have an unlimited card? Yes, I did, because I have one. And so do I. From just £17.90 a month, you could too. See any film, any time, as many times as you like. Get 10% off snacks and drinks. Exclusive preview screenings of upcoming releases. Terms and exclusions apply, but you can start enjoying your Cineworld card today by going to cineworld.co.uk. So let's kick off the show with our first review, which is I Feel Pretty. So this is starring Amy Schumer. Uh, and it's about a woman who is seemingly struggling to to pursue her life ambitions uh and has quite a, a really bad confident or confidence uh in doing and executing the things she wants to do in life um until a moment happens within the film where she has a sickening blow to the head <laughs> and wakes up transformed mm. into somebody else or is it Well, actually, to the viewer, it's not. She is still Amy Schumer. She was still Renee Bennett. And to us, that's what we see throughout the entire film. But to her, she's looking in the mirror and she's seeing somebody completely different. Um, And to me, personally, you have no magic from that. And they allude to the magic with uh, a scene in the film where she's watching big, Mm. uh, where the little boy obviously wishes to be big. Uh, And then wakes up as Tom Hanks, um, which is obviously a fantastic film. And there's a lot of magic in that film. And I think I Feel Pretty loses that essence of magic by not showing us somebody else, maybe. Mm. Um, Or maybe showing when Amy looks in or Renee looks in the mirror, somebody else or what she's seeing. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I think
0: that, uh, that, that could have made the film a little bit different, a little bit more magical. Yeah. Gives us a little bit more into the psyche of, 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 of Renee and what she's actually seeing and why she's seeing it and why she's now got this great load of confidence inside of her mm. because she's seeing something that we're not. Yeah, and her character it's not only
1: a newfound confidence, but it's an over the top confidence and it's almost an in your face arrogance. Um and I think that's perfectly summed up with this
0: clip here. You probably haven't been here before, but you have to wait in line and take a number. Oh, yeah. All right. I can I can grab it oh, for thank you. thank you. Yeah, I just here. Thank you. And this guy just calls out like the number completely out of sequence. Okay. It's like a weird game of bingo. All right, but no one wins. So yeah. <clears throat> What's your number? <laughs> so this is how it happens. Just like that.
1: Wow. Just like, what, what happens, like, what? That
0: is very clever.
1: I don't know why that's clever. What is clever? I was just asking number, what the number was.
0: And then I go, 118, and then you're like, no, your phone number. Oh. Yeah, you are good. How long have you been hanging on to that little nugget? I
1: haven't. I haven't been holding on to that. That's yeah, not yeah, a nugget at all. and a lot of
0: dry cleaners and hit on perfect girls. <laughs> <laughs> that's, wow. I, all right, give me your phone. My phone. Give me your phone. I'm going to give you my number. Are you still talking? Don't chicken out now, it's not
1: Here, come on. Out. So in that clip, I think we get a real um, good idea of uh, Renee's new confidence, almost arrogance. Um, and like Craig said, so this transformation happens because she has a blow on the head. But there's also a scene where she flicks a coin into a mountain, uh, into a mountain, <laughs> into a fountain during a thunderstorm. So as the viewer, we're not actually a hundred percent sure why. She's got this new confidence and why she believes she's suddenly beautiful. And that's actually the point, because nothing has actually changed, only in her mind. So with this newfound confidence, we see a completely different character. Now, when I saw the trailer for this film, I was quite excited. Uh, I thought it looked quite good. And I think one of the main problems with the film is actually when you start to watch it, it feels like one long trailer and actually a lot of what is in the trailer is is a lot of the film. Yeah. Um and of all the films I've seen so far since doing the podcast, this one made me feel really detached from the actual experience. So in the sense that when I was in the cinema, I was very aware that I was in a cinema watching a film. Like strangely aware that so I didn't feel immersed in the film and I think the reason I felt like that is because Everything about this film is OTT. So there is no subtlety about it whatsoever. So we know the message. The message is clear from the trailer that looks aren't everything, that looks don't define you, and that actually beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Um, But there's no subtlety about it. So when Amy Schumer's character, Renee has this new confidence, it's so over the top. And it's a little bit like... Like you said, I I actually said to you during the film, I really want to like this. I really want to like Mm -hmm. this.
0: But something about it just doesn't feel right. No, and I completely agree with you. It feels like each moment that happens that's comedic is over the top. And it's like a little little mini sketch from Mm. Saturday Night Live um, compiled into an almost two hour long film Mm. with all of these incidences happening and and to me it it doesn't gel very well with the with the film and and we know what the point of the film is mm. we know that you know it's you know a heartwarming film in the sense that it's not what you look like on the outside it's about who you are on the inside and we get that point really early on and then you're waiting for her awakening again to realize this for a very long time and and whilst there are funny moments in the film they're just too over the top, and like I say, mini sketches
1: feels ve- like very wooden, very performed. It doesn't feel natural, it, and it's the film is so formulaic. It has like if you were to summarize it, it's like the
0: ultimate chick flick, and in in the, in the way the film goes from A to Z, it's just like bang, 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 bang. And I think there's a there's an obvious reason that they've targeted a certain. Mm. Uh, demographic for this film, um, mainly the female audience. Yeah. Uh, and without a doubt. I mean, we were sitting in the cinema <laughs> surrounded by surrounded by women. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I will
1: say that the women laughed at moments we didn't laugh at, but we laughed at moments they didn't laugh at. And I think that's because there is some humour in there for yeah. men. Um, and overall, look, this isn't a bad film, but what I was thinking the other day is I, I, I watched... Um, Oh, blimey, I've forgotten the name of it. <laughs> Describe it. Devil Wears Prada. Okay, yeah. And that is a film that I've watched several times and that I could watch happily again now. And this isn't one of those films. This is a film, if you want to see it, go and see it in the cinema. Don't buy it on DVD because it's just a watch it once film. Mm. The the jokes are funny, but they feel quite forced. And I, d- I don't think it's a film that you'll watch again.
0: No, I I agree. I mean, uh, you've got some good performances from Michelle Williams. I mean, she puts on a rather annoying voice, mm. but it's it's poignant. Um, but maybe a bit over the top. Uh, and I did laugh. I think I was the only one that laughed at this quote. But I mean, she said that she'd done everything to try and sort her her voice out. She's been to a voice coach and well, to a voice coach. <laughs> That's it. And, yeah, and that was it. I mean, she did everything. Um, I mean, and then that was quite a funny scene, I thought. But nobody else seemed to laugh. at Yeah, that. and and look. I came
1: out of this film feeling a bit more self-confident because I thought that is a good message because I for one am sick and tired of being told by society by Tinder by Facebook by mm-hmm. magazines what is attractive. Yeah. And and it's complete nonsense, you know, nowadays with filters and airbrushing it's it's it must be really difficult for women to feel attractive and actually you your, in my opinion your weight has absolutely no impact on how attractive you are you know people come in all different shapes and sizes and we should embrace that and 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 this film gives that message but it gives it in a very wooden ott and ultimately entertaining but n- you know this is nothing to write home about it's a watch once film and 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 be done with it
0: mm, I completely agree with everything you just said there
1: so Craig I will ask you the question
0: okay <laughs> what's the question david
1: i feel pretty that's the name of the film i'm not saying that i feel pretty although i do um i feel pretty is it
0: is it worth it <laughs> <laughs> um no not for me Ooh. i think it, it's, it's worth it for um for you for the girls who want to go with their girlfriends to go and see the film um you know it's it's a film that's out in the cinema at the moment for girls to go and see, and you know, other than that, there are a couple of other films. Maybe, mm. um, I mean, obviously, I'm not trying to stereotype and and be generic here with certain films that girls can go or women can go and see. But
1: oh dear, you're you're digging yourself a hole here, mate. A little bit, aren't I not
0: <laughs> But but it is it is what it is a girls' film.
1: Look, it is for me. Look, it's a chick flick. Um, if you're gonna go like you said, go in a group of girls, it I, I I personally think this film is worth it. I think the message is great and and, and it's something that needs to be seen in the cinema because yeah. if you buy it on DVD, you're not gonna watch it well, more than once. I,
0: I disagree. See, I, I think it's it's not worth going to see in the cinema, but it's worth getting your girls to go round to the, to your house on when it comes out on DVD. Yeah, but then Watching you're stuck with tons the DVD. of popcorn. All right then, uh, rent it from love film or blockbusters if they <laughs> Blockbuster still exist don't exist anymore. <laughs> Um, but but the, 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 you're right. The, the message is undeniably heartwarming and 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 good, but the film isn't essentially. Yeah, couples could go as well. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, it's a date night movie, maybe. Yeah, yeah.
1: So for Craig, is it worth it? No. For me, yes. And we'll leave it there. <laughs> If you've scrolled through your Instagram, Facebook, Twitter,
0: or done anything remotely connected to the internet, you've probably seen an ad for a subscription service. Something like Dollar Shave Club, 5-4 Club, The Birch Box, and many, many more. You may be wondering, what is the big deal about subscription boxes? Well, Package Media is here to tell you all about them, but not just tell you about the box, but the person behind the package. Come join us and listen in as we interview the creators behind these businesses so that you can understand not only the product, but the passion
1: behind their services. Come check us out at Packaged Media. We are subscribed.
0: We are packaged.
1: We are now reviewing The Strangers Pray at Night. And the plot for this film really is very, very simple. It's about a family of four who go to stay in a mobile home park, so like a caravan park Um For the night, because the daughter um, of the family is about to go off to boarding school. For reasons unbeknown, really. I think she's being sent to boarding school because she's a bit of a nutter. You know, she's a very OTT, you know, I'm 16 and I'm smoking and I'll do what I want. That kind of character. So the family goes to this mobile home park Hmm. and they're going to stay there the night. She's then going to go off to boarding school and everyone's going to live happily ever after. The mobile home park is run by their alcoholic uncle... Nigel Marv, Uncle Marv, Marv. Uncle it Marvin. Marv? It is Marvin, yeah. Um, but unfortunately, um, all of this goes out the window because the mobile home park is being overrun
0: or it, well, it's been it's just taken, sp- over. taken over by three masked psychopaths called the Strangers. Called the Strangers. <laughs> um, so it's a
1: sequel to the original film, The Strangers, which Uh, Having just looked it up, I do remember seeing this at university. Can't tell you too much about it, but I did quite enjoy it. Um, Because there is something scary about not being able to see someone's face and just the presence and the sort of weird eeriness of it all. Um, This film, however, wasn't great, if I'm honest, uh, and we'll give a full review afterwards. But this clip gives you a sense of that um, sort of eerie stalkeriness. Is that a word? Stalkery... Stalkeryneth? I think so. Play the clip. Hello.
0: Hello. Hello? Hello?
1: Hello. Mom. 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 What do you want? Hello? 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 Can you hear me? Please, I need to report a murder. Hello, can anyone hear me? <laughs> So, in that clip, we have the mother and the daughter who are in their uh, mobile home. They turn around, and there's a girl there in one of these masks. She pulls out a knife. Um, and actually, that scene is is not bad. It, it builds some tension. And before we get to this point, we realise that Uncle Marvin is brown bread. Um, Very much so. V- quite graphically brown bread um, because the daughter and the son find um, their Uncle Marvin and his wife butchered in one of the mobile homes. Um, so that's where we're at with the film. So two people are dead. The other people are now being stalked. What what did you think of of this
0: film, Craig? So, in my opinion, this was a a better film than Winchester. Mm. It was a better film than uh, Insidious 2, or no, it was Insidious. Insidious, the last in, key. Insidious it was the about the eighth Insidious. Oh yeah, that's true. Um, but however, it didn't really, it didn't scare me. It built up some tension every now and then. That clip, certainly built up some tension. And I thought that um, Kinsey, played by Bailey Madison, she did probably one of the, most, the best, the better jobs um, acting in this film. She definitely brought the scared girl element to the film and, and did so in a very good way. Um, but the rest of the cast didn't really, I don't know, didn't sell it to me. And I'm not a horror fan in the sense I can that I can watch them. I'd love to make a horror film, but I don't think I could actually. I could. I can watch them, mm. and and this one, for instance, didn't scare me at all. Like there was nothing scary about it for me. Mm. There was a, there was maybe one moment that I jumped, and that might have been one of them.
1: Yeah, um, but it's similar to to Winchester, isn't it? You know, every everyone jumps in the cinema if there's a huge bang out of nowhere, and mm-hmm. there was a bit of that in this film. Yeah. Um. The the main problem with this film isn't the plot. The plot. Is,
0: is, at, yeah, you're right. It actually. isn't
1: actually that unbelievable. You know, no. they go to a mobile park... Uh, par- I can't speak. A mobile mo- park? A mobile home park. Oh, let's it. call it a caravan park. It's easier. Um, and they're per- p- pursued by psychopaths. You know, that's not actually that unbelievable. No. The problem with it is, is that there's nobody
0: else in the film. No. And the characters, um, as you well would expect in a horror film, are somewhat flawed. But mm. these characters are impeccably flawed mm. in the sense it's just so ridiculously stupid that the things that they do Yeah, uh, and, and, and in most horror films people, the, the, the characters in the film do stupid things or, or you're screaming at them just do it just do this just do that but in this film it just seems like you're doing that a lot more mm.
1: yeah so the, the start of the film is unbearably slow Unbearably slow, mm. really quite dull, because it's just the four. It's just the the mum, the dad, the daughter, and the son. Then they drive to this uh, mobile home park, and there's that ridiculous scene where. So they they've set off in beautiful sunshine, and you know by the time they've got to the uh, the place where they're staying, it's dark and foggy. You know just to build that tension, and there's this ridiculous scene where they're driving into the into the place where they're staying, and it goes on and on and on we have shots of the car from the front shots of the car from the back shots of the car from the woods and it's like okay we get the idea they're in a remote place then they get to the um to the mobile home park well the office for the for the park and yeah. and there's no one there there's no one else staying there there's no security it's just completely deserted other than the three masked psychopaths and as the story unfolds you know it's a typical slasher chase but there's some really stupid bits in this film i mean the family some of the decisions they make every decision they make is wrong And you feel like, well, actually, you deserve to die.
0: Mm. And it just gets even more bizarre with the 80s and 70s music that's being played at at each moment where they may or may not get murdered. Yeah, so for some reason, the people with sacks on their head and masks like listening to 80s pop music. You know, Bonnie Tyler is definitely uh, a tune they sing. So, you know, you've
1: just got Bonnie Tyler playing in the background while someone's running around aimlessly with an axe. It's bizarre. It is bizarre. <laughs> it's really um, bizarre. Look, is this film entertaining? Sort of, but it, unless you're a fan of watching people be murdered to eighties pop music, it's not really worth seeing. It
0: doesn't offer a lot. It's, it's, it's not great. No. To um, so David, is it worth it? The strangers pray at night. No, um,
1: it's not worth seeing in the cinema. It's not really worth seeing at all because not a lot happens. Um, But if you are a fan of watching people be brutally murdered to the theme of Bonnie Tyler, then this is definitely for you.
0: So we're going to be taking a quick and brief look at The Leisure Seeker. Uh, So this is starring Helen Mirren and Donald Sutherland. And this is a film about a um an old man who has Alzheimer's and an old woman who has um a brain tumour, I believe, or is riddled with cancer. Um and, and obviously it's a very difficult subject to broach um as a film. And as a film, is it gonna be any good? Is what I was asking myself throughout most of the like halfway through the film, I'm thinking, is this going to be is this going anywhere? Is this going to mm. be any good? And there are moments within the film where are uh, that are really beautiful and quite profound and um and really quite funny as well. But there, there was something very off about this film. Um, I mean, from the start, it was very, very slow at picking up the pace and it was very. Uh, It just meandered around certain things that were going on. So the Alzheimer's was something that Helen Mirren's character really didn't want to... Didn't really want to be able to... What's the word that I'm looking for? She didn't really want to take it in or believe this Mm. was happening. And so... What they're doing is basically taking their leisure seeker, which is um, their Winnebago uh, camper van, on a journey to uh, Florida. Some, uh, and when they get to Florida, they're going to look at uh, Ernest Hemingway's house and take a little look round because it's something that um, Donald Sutherland's character really wanted to do before he dies, essentially. Mm. And this, on along the journey, there's, there's you yeah, know lots of things that happen that. Test them on their journey and test uh, Helen Mirren's characters resound for somebody who keeps forgetting where they are and who mm. they are and that he needs to go to the toilet and that he's you know he's he's really badly losing his faculties and there is again there is something off about it there the, 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 I, I think it's the script and I think it's the dialogue I don't think it's the delivery because Helen Mirren isn't bad in the film mm. Donald Sutherland portrays a man with, with arthritis really well. Arthritis? Uh, arthritis. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that arthritis no, is funny. No. Alzheimer's. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> I know we shouldn't laugh, but it's like, he's got arthritis as well. I, I, I mean, <laughs> he might do. Um, um. But no, it, there is something very off with, with the way that they portray it. And I think it's the it's the comedic moments within the film mm. um, and the way possibly that Heron Mirren, Mirren portrays and American as well, mm. is slightly off.
1: I mean, what I'll say about this film is I haven't seen it, and it's, it's to be honest, it's not something that I'm, I'm overly keen on seeing. Um, is that
0: because of the subject matter?
1: It, really, yes. Um, I mean, I think films like this need to be made, mm. um, because uh, Alzheimer's and cancer are obviously two terrible things, and everyone knows someone uh, that's been affected by one of those two things, and 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 it's important to raise awareness and 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 things like that. It's just not necessarily something that I'd want to go and see, um, be- because of the subject matter. Um, I just think it's for me personally, it's not my idea of an enjoyable um, trip to the cinema.
0: No, it it it's not entertaining. Yeah. It's it's not light hearted. It's very serious, actually and it ta- it does take itself very seriously there are those slight comedic moments but i didn't find myself laughing at them because mm. of the subject matter because i mean you obviously you do need those moments in there have have because, yeah. because in because in life you can you should laugh at some elements of it i mean there are going to be moments where you where you laugh at something that somebody says because you Know they've forgotten where they are. I mean, and and yeah, I mean, yeah. and they, I, the way I'm saying it doesn't seem to be coming across right. No, but, I know, I know, I know exactly you know, you know what, you mean. what you know what I mean, don't you? Know I mean, and, and in the film, they try and do that, but it just doesn't work. And, and and if unless you've read the novel of which this film has been made from, you may not want to go and see it. You may have read the novel and think, actually, I would like to see this portrayed in the film, on, on this in the cinema, and I think that'd be a reason to go and watch it. Now, it has gone out of cinemas I believe only just so is this film worth going to see or or seeing at any point I think yes if you have been somewhat aware of the film and you've seen a trailer or you've read the book and you want to know you want to see a bit more about it then yes but if if you don't know anything about it and the first thing you're hearing about it is on this podcast then I don't think it's a film to go and see it's nothing to shout home about Thank you. That's that's the end of that review. <laughs> uh, so we're going to go and segue on to uh, one Why of do our you next keep mentioning bloody. Segues? I don't know. I really want to have a go on a segue, and I think that's what For it sake. is. We're gonna we're gonna scoot on over <laughs> to our next film, which is Tully.
1: Okay, so now we will be reviewing Tully, starring Charlie Theron.
0: Charlie's.
1: <laughs> um, Charlie's Theron. Um, and the plot for this film really is incredibly simple. It looks at um, a mother of three uh, and basically the struggles of being a mum. Charlie Theron's character has uh, two children uh, a boy and a girl. Uh, the girl's about eight, and the boy's about six. The boy is problematic, we'll put it that way. And the film really focuses on the stress of motherhood. So she's already got two children. Uh, When the film starts, uh, she's literally about to pop. She's very, very pregnant. Um, And the film looks at basically the impact of being a mum. And it does it in a fantastic way. Um, We really see the mental and physical impact of motherhood portrayed in this film and as a man um we often really well I often you know really overlook this and what a woman has to go through nine months of carrying a baby then the birth and you know and then after that everyone's like oh beautiful baby how wonderful but you've got years and years of, of raising this child and in the in the first six months it's all vomit Poo, nappy changing, sleepless nights. Yeah, um, and we see uh, Thron's character really struggling with this. So her brother, who is not short of a bob or two, comes up with a suggestion, and that is for her to get a night nanny.
0: Do you know what a night nanny is?
1: Oh. Okay, you know what? Everybody does it. It's just like a regular nanny, except they come at night. You know, they stay over for a few weeks or a month and they take care of the baby at night so mom and
0: dad can get some sleep. It's no big deal. I don't want a stranger in my house bonding with my newborn every night. It's like a Lifetime movie where the nanny tries to kill the family and the mom survives and she has to walk with a cane at the end. Right, well,
1: we had a night nanny. I don't remember
0: that. The reason you don't remember it is because she only came at night. Greg, please tell me you didn't hire me one of those people. You have a lot going on. Get over yourself, call her. She comes highly recommended. And that was a clip from Tully. Obviously, her brother is explaining to um, Charlize Theron's character, um, who is called, let's actually get her name up, is Marlo. And Marlo is obviously um, very dubious of the idea of having a night nanny to come and stay at night. And I mean, so would I. I I, I would feel very out of place and it would be very strange to go and sleep while somebody who I do not know (laughs) is looking after my newborn child and then to come and wake me up when I need to go or not I, but when (laughs) (laughs) my wife or whoever would need to go and, and feed, feed my child. And I think it is a strange concept and she is right to be dubious about it. But nonetheless, she takes her brother up on this um, option and along comes Tully and Tully is this very vibrant and, youthful person who uh, at first is very, uh, find, uh, Marlowe finds it very difficult to mm. engage with and yeah. to understand who this person is, essentially. Um, but as the film progresses, um, they get on very well and, and Tully really shows her that she's not past it. She is still a mum who is capable of doing all the things that she wants to do. Um, and in that regards Tully is is somebody who is almost like a lifesaver or is Mm. an extension um to to her her physical needs essentially um and I I I really love Tully as a character and I really love Marlowe as a character and I really loved how they interacted with each other um what did you think of the film overall
1: overall this is a very good film um, it has the feel of an award-winning film. Mm. Um, the subject matter, the performance by uh, Charlie's Theron, is fantastic, and it's a really gritty film. And it's it's very
0: watchable because the script is fantastic. Yeah, I completely um, agree. The script is it's it's everything the Leisure Seeker was missing. Yeah, so
1: dramas like this. They have to have a good script, otherwise you're just lost. And this had a good script, it had good acting, and it was beautifully shot as well. The camera work on it was very, very good.
0: The, the one scene that I think you were almost alluding to earlier on, when yeah. um, it's like a montage of all the things that happen, the nappy changes yeah. over and over and over again, and in the in the middle, the, 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 the lady saying, oh, I knew a lovely baby? But she doesn't yeah. get the sense that... So, all the hard work that's actually going into mm. raising this newborn child. And yeah, so that... we see
1: you know, we see nappy changing, we see sleepless nights, we see all the real struggles of motherhood, and then just slipped into this montage of all the struggles is someone going, Oh, isn't your baby cute? Um and this film really, like I said earlier, really hit me in in a way that I've not been struck by a film before on this subject matter of wow, being a mum is tough. Mm. How you know, physically Uh, And that is explored as well. You know, when um, Tully arrives, the camera very cleverly zooms in on her perfectly thin and toned body. And Marlowe is looking at that and obviously thinking, you know, I used to be like that. But she's had three children and having children has a massive physical impact on a woman's body. And it's a it's a huge sacrifice. And I think this film has a brilliant uh, subject matter um, and it's explored in a very, very unique and ultimately quite. Intriguing way,
0: yeah, and I mean that we don't want to say any more, mm. otherwise we would absolutely spoil the film for you. Um, which it comes to, the, to to the end of this somewhat review because this film, I'm just going to go out and say, it, is so worth going to see mm. in the cinema, and it's so worth going to see right now because. I don't think you should wait for it to come out on DVD. I don't think you should wait till it comes out on streaming services. It's something you should go and see in the cinema and you should go and see it right now. Um, It's brilliant. I really, really love this film. Um, It's As Love, Simon is up there in your top five films that you've seen so far. This is up there in my top five films that I've seen so far as well. Um, And i really connected with it. I really, really did. And I thought it was beautiful. I thought... um, the twists and the turns were just fantastic. Um, yeah, go and see it. Yeah, I totally agree. This is a very good film,
1: uh, and I, I agree with Craig. It's you know don't wait for this to come out on DVD. Go and see it in the cinema um, because it's thought provoking and it's conversation provoking as well. You will come out of this film and you will want to talk about it afterwards. It's a fantastic film, uh, and the two uh, children who star in this film, and I'm not hundred percent sure of their names. Uh, Jonah is played by Asher Miles Feli- Felissa? Felicia As- Asher Miles Felicia. I t-
0: <laughs> why are there no simple actors? Now, need to have normal. Why can't he just be called easy Bob names.
1: Smith? But the 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 little boy who plays Jonah, uh, Asher Miles. Let's say Felicia, Watch out for this lad. Uh, he was stunning.
0: Yeah, he um, was really really good, wasn't
1: he? When Abigail Breslin first. Came onto the big screen at about the age of five or six. I said to my dad when I was in the cinema, watch out for her. She'll be big. She's gone on to be a big Hollywood name. This lad will as well. Watch out for the name and go and see this film. It's great. Sorry to waffle on.
0: No, no, no. Um, But I did want to give a shout out to that little lad. I thought he was great. No, he was. Um, So, yeah, that's our review of Tully. Uh, We're going to go and review our last film now, which is the Guernsey Literary and Potato Pill Pie Society. What a mouthful! This podcast has been so difficult for names. I mean, look words. at look at her name. Say that one. Which one? Emmy's name. Where am I looking?
1: Emmy's name. Oh, there. that
0: one. Uh, Maddie Dixon Pariah. I, I thought I did that quite well. Yeah.
1: Just tough. <laughs> just really difficult. You know, I just wish people's names were simpler.
0: Let's see how how many times can you say the potato potato peel pie? No, I can't even say it. The, the, the potato, Guernsey Literary... The, that's it. the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society. The Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society. The Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel... Uh, we'll probably cut that out. It's just you having a breakdown. Yeah. So this is the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society film. Wow. What a title. Uh, um, hmm. And how do we arrive at that title? Well, this film is about... A a woman who, in her own right, wants to become a writer and a very successful writer. Now, under a pseudonym, she writes during the war, and these these books are obviously pro uh, United Kingdom or Brit, uh, Britain winning the war, um, and to encourage people to, to partake in the war and, and keep morale going and and um, and whatnot. And And she's very successful under that pseudonym, but she doesn't want to be that person anymore. She Mm. wants to be herself and she wants to get her teeth into something that is going to really, you know, define her as a person as well as the people that she's going to be writing about. And she discovers um, a story about some, uh, some people who are living in Guernsey and they had been living under Nazi occupation. And this intrigues her because the gen- a gentleman writes to her in regards to one of her books that she's written, and he tells her the story about the Guernsey, Literary, and Potato Pill Pie Society. And she's intrigued by, first of all, the name, and by how they came to the name. And uh, the opening scenes of the film um, really uh, tell us how, how the society was formed.
1: Yeah, um, the, the opening scene of this film is really... Fantastic because it goes straight into what is really the only sort of tense moment because this is quite a, a really it's a, a, a romantic drama but at the start it, it throws you straight into like quite a, a, a powerful piece of action mm. um, where this group is out after curfew as you said it's it's the Guernsey is occupied by the Nazis they come across a group of Nazis and you think what the hell is going to happen here they ask them why are you out. Um, And they have to say we're out because we're part of a literary society, which actually they're not. Um, And then one of the guys in the group is holding a potato peel pie um, because, again, the Germans have robbed all the farms and taken all the meat. So they're basically just living on potatoes. And it's just a really succinct and great opening scene that just gives you exactly what you need to know. But then
0: going forward after that, you lose that sense of foreboding Mm. and you lose that sense of something bad is happening on Guernsey Mm. or has happened on Guernsey um, because you don't get the real sense of Guernsey under Nazi occupation. Um, You get a very whimsical and very romantic film um, and it could do so much better if it had played on the nazi occupation a lot more and if it if it really showed the brutality of it, it a lot harsher mm. it really needed to have that in there but it folk it, its focus is shifted onto lily james's character who has you know a, a, a romantic interest in in multiple characters within the film mm. and i find that's its downfall but but the film was really enjoyable. I I really en- enjoyed a lot of the aspects of this film. And there's a clip here that really shows the intelligence of these characters and, and how they are putting up with Nazi occupation. And this clip sums it up really well. Bronte is better than Charlotte I or Emily, I do do The agree. Tenant <laughs> of Wildfell Hall, yes. a more important book than Wuthering Heights,
1: <laughs> the no, no, idea. I, no, not better. I, I, agree I agree with you. I'm saying that Anne is more modern, modern. than Emily, right. particularly with respect to the status of women. More so than Charlotte Bronte when she wrote Jane Eyre, very doubtful, 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 doubtful. Do you think? I- because I am poor, obscure, plain, and little, that I am soulless and heartless? <laughs> you think wrong. I have as much soul as you and full as much heart. Oh, you <gasps> did that beautifully. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, <you laughs> should I, should I do, do love Jane Eyre. <gasps> <gasps> yeah. Jane Eyre, that...
0: As do I, as said as said do I and while That's Jane's
1: that. assertion, I have as much soul as you, was remarkable directed to a gentleman. Yes. It only be begins to get at the idea of equality between them. In Wildfell Hall, Anne Bronte lay bare the essential imbalance of power between men and women in the suffocating hierarchical structure of Victorian marriage. She challenged the conventional thinking of an entire society and changed people's minds. (laughs) Well done. Oh, I had no idea, Anne Bronte. She did quite a bit, didn't she?
0: Well done, Miss Ashton. You've been against all the arguments. I'm afraid you've yet to have the full experience. Oh, 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 I find that difficult to believe. It's the second attack you've survived today. It's good. An authentic potato peel pie. Oh, no. Original recipe uh, no butter, no flour, no, uh, well, it's potatoes uh, and potato peelings.
1: If you want this gin quick after? Oh, Is this safe? Uh, It's just potatoes. (laughs) Um. So that was quite a long clip, but I think it was important for you to hear that because I think it captures the essence of this film. And what that is, is that during the Nazi occupation of Guernsey, they they took everything. They took people's uh, livestock. um, There was, you know, curfews. And this group of people came together and shared books. And, you know, don't forget that the Nazis would take any literature that wasn't pro-Nazi and there wasn't a lot of pro-Nazi literature around, So, i.e. they took all books and burnt them. There was huge amounts of books burnt all over Europe, but they managed to keep some of them. And what it was really about was the power of books and the fact that they were on Guernsey, occupied by the Nazis. But when they opened a book, they could be anywhere in the world. Uh, The power of company. And also, there was a great quote in the, field about the film about the need for humanity. And in that clip, Lily James's character has gone out to try and get involved with this group. And you see how excited they all are with literature. Now, overall, I slightly disagree with Craig about this film because I think there are some really powerful moments um, where we hear and see a little bit about the Nazi brutality. Um, and it was quite... I found it quite interesting to see the impact of Nazism from this perspective. So it wasn't just shooting and, and you know, the, the horrors of that. We saw the emotional impact and we saw that in a lot of characters. Um, I thought the film showed the post-war vibe brilliantly. So obviously the film is set post-war, but we have a lot of flashbacks to when the war was on. So what do I mean by post-war vibe? Everyone was up and there was that real... Party feel, but at the same time, it was quite false. So everyone was celebrating the end of the war, and we saw lots of you know parties and lots of dancing. But under that, you could still clearly see the impact the war had, had on them. But it was that sort of typical, you know, stiff, stiff upper lip uh, you know, British attitude. Um, in terms of Lily James, I thought she blossomed in this role. I thought she was absolutely fantastic. And she's given a lot more scope than in Darkest Hour. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, this is what we wanted her to be like in Darkest Hour, without a doubt. But as we've said, Darkest Hour was basically the Gary Oldman show and she had no real chance to stand out in that film. No. But she does stand out in this film. When I saw the trailer and the name, I thought, what the hell is this going to be about? But actually, so much happens in this film. So, there is so much... I wouldn't they're not plot twists as such although they are but there's just so much plot development and I said to you this film could quite easily be a six or eight part drama on the BBC and it did have that feel yeah um so it in my opinion the film's too long but I forgive the 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 director and the producer for that because they had to get a lot of subject matter into what is relatively a short amount of time, even though the film is too long if that makes sense
0: yeah, yeah, and I like the fact that you disagree with me on on the brutality and and I like that you see it from the other angle and i I agree with you on that actually, mm. but I still feel like the elements where they do touch upon the brutality with the flashbacks and whatnot, they could have taken it that step further. I mean, there's a scene where they're marching down the streets mm. and uh, one of the characters is screaming at them. Shame on you. Shame, shame on, on you. Yeah. Shame on you. But the Nazis don't do anything about it. The police step in. Yeah. There, there would have been, without a doubt, some sort of Nazi interference. They would have interference. shot them, There would have been... And, and that's where I feel that the film, it lets itself down a little bit. That They, they should have shown the true nature of what happened and but, but we we which, we, no, we, but we do know we do. that this is a fictitious film mm. and we do know that this the, these these aren't based on true events other than the fact that Guernsey was um occupied during the war yeah um but there there,
1: there is there I I it's amazing how much I disagree actually because often films that are about World War 2 about Nazis show you quite vividly and brutally what the Nazis were about but this showed a different angle which I found really quite hard-hitting one of them was uh one of our main uh protagonists uh Dorsey Adams or Dorsey Adams Dorsey Adams
0: Dorsey, yeah.
1: uh, who's a male pig farmer the Nazis come in and take all his pigs and throw potatoes at him and say well, you've got to grow these now you know but and
0: again though it wasn't and that's not that's not brutal though know? But it do was brutal,
1: what, though, because that's his livelihood. Yes, yes. But and they've the just way, robbed all
0: his livestock. But the way it it came and the way it happened and the mm-hmm. way the way they just chucked a potato at him, it didn't feel how it should have unfolded. Do you see what I mean? Do you I mean-
1: understand what you mean in the sense that throughout the whole film, there wasn't a single Nazi that stood out as really horrible. Like they were almost—I know what you mean. They weren't Nazi enough. If, uh, that does make sense. But I mean, we could talk about this film for a long, long time. Mm. Um, the audience were mostly, I don't want to say it's in a derogatory way, middle aged or elderly women. Um, and that's a shame because I think this film has scope for all ages. Um, yeah, I, I, and agree I think with it's, that. Yeah. it's very important. And what I like about this film is the good old letter. People mm. writing letters to each other, people yep. reading books. You know, we forget in modern society how good writing to someone is. I mean, I haven't received a letter. I mean, my, my auntie, bless her, still sends me a, a postcard when they go on holiday, and I love it. You know, it's nice to write, and it's nice to read, and we're losing that now in this society. And you've got to remember, during World War Two on Guernsey... Occupied by the Nazis, these books gave people a gateway to a world beyond their wildest dreams. You know, Im- imagine having nothing but a book, and that book is your world. And I think this film really fantastically explores that. It's going to have problems, and the problems are its 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 title, for one. Yeah, You know, the, it, the title is not going to make you go to the cinema, no. and neither is the trailer,
0: because the trailer isn't very good. But no, I mean, it uses a generic, uh, t- uh soundtrack over the top mm. of, in the trailer. It's, it's, it's generic. Mm. It is very generic. And then you don't get the true essence of the film from the trailer. I don't think. Um, but then again, I always say
1: beware of a long trailer. Any film that has a long trailer is normally showing you all the best bits of the film. Whereas to be fair to, to the trailer for this film, most of the key elements of the film weren't shown in the trailer. The film was a completely different film to what I was expecting. Mm. Um but I just think was it in the box where yeah, it's five in the box office, wasn't it?
0: Uh let's have a quick look. Let's have um, a sneaky peeky at the uh box office again. Uh, four. Four, yeah. Um so it's taken
1: four point three million and it's been out for three weeks. Um so it's doing a little bit better than than I
0: than I thought actually um it found its found its audience yeah. and i think it's finding it's slightly broadening its audience as well with people perhaps like us uh, who are taking their mums or going with their mums and i mean i definitely would love to take my mum and my nan to go and see this mm. without a doubt i think they'd both really really enjoy it and i wouldn't mind going to see it again because i did enjoy the film despite my reservations about the things that I didn't like about the film, it was still a really good story, mm. and it was still something that I really highly enjoyed. And I feel I still feel, whilst it was too long, as you say, it it didn't dip in in the sense that it didn't slow down too much and get you disinterested. It kept you going. Mm. And I and, and I liked it. And and I'm getting, and so did you. You liked it more yeah. than you expected, didn't you? So, um
1: Oh, most definitely. Uh, I liked it a lot more than I thought, but I, I understand where you've come from. It's almost like there's there's everything there, and it gives you everything that a good film should be.
0: But it just doesn't take the leap. It
1: yeah, it, it could have been a bit more adventurous,
0: and it's it, it's good, but it's it's nothing more than good. Mm. Um, and, I, and I think you're right. It could have made a very good BBC six part drama. Almost oh, definitely, you know this because there is so much to explore here because this isn't
1: really about the war at all. This is about the impact of war on the human spirit. Mm. And there's some great acting performances and there's a couple of brilliant scenes where we see the impact of losing loved ones. um, Because this has been quite a long review, but this film is more about the emotional impact as opposed to the physical. So we don't see a lot of violence, but we see the effect that violence has on people, you know, I can't imagine what it was like to live through the war. And, um, you know, this is this is a, a solid film
0: definitely. With, a, with, a, with a very difficult name. So, David, the potato pill, no, the Guernsey potato pill. No, no. The Guernsey literary and potato <laughs> pill pie society. Is it worth it?
1: Yes, I think this film is definitely worth seeing. Um, look, it, it has its faults. It has its flaws. Uh, Lily James is superb. Um, and
0: overall, it's a thought-provoking film, and I would recommend seeing it. Excellent. So that's the end of week number 10 of Is It Worth It? The Film Review Podcast.
1: where well, we go out of our way to see all the films in the cinema, even the bad ones, so you don't have to, blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah, thank you very, very much for listening. Um, Like we've alluded to, we have got some exciting news coming up, and we're, we're really looking forward to that. I think we that. can
0: probably announce... As we as you heard previously in the show, we have struck up a lovely partnership with Cineworld Hamel Hempstead, mm-hmm. um, which is the cinema that we go to pretty much all the time to see these films. And um, hopefully we'll be getting some cinema tickets to give away to our lovely listeners to uh, but but how can you get hold of those tickets, David?
1: Absolutely. So, like I said, we will be giving away some free cinema tickets, but we will be giving them to people who engage with the show, and you can do that by emailing us at mymailisworthit at gmail dot com, or drop us a tweet, uh, message us on Facebook, we're on Instagram, um, swipe right for me on Tinder. Like I said last week. <laughs> Um, yeah. Do any get up, any updates on that? Uh, it's 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 still work very, in progress. It's it's very slow. I told you a mathematician I was speaking to a mathematician who assured me that the law of averages suggested that if I swiped right a hundred times, I would find three partners. So either the law of averages is wrong, which it isn't, or I'm that ugly that I am defying mathematics. <laughs> so that's the conclusion for that. So I yeah. just don't think you swipe enough. I, I I trust me. <laughs> I swipe <laughs> enough, mate. Don't worry about that. Um, so, yeah, please do get in contact with the show because we want to give you free cinema tickets.
0: Um, and yes, next week, Craig, what have we got coming up next week? So next week we are taking a look at Entebbe. Uh, we'll also be taking a look at Breaking In, Life of the Party, Sherlock Gnomes and Deadpool 2. Yes. So
1: that's a fairly strange selection of films. Um But we would like to know your thoughts of these films. So if you see them, email us. Tell us what you're looking forward to seeing. What we're saying is get in contact with the show, particularly if you are our Japanese
0: listener. (laughs) But we'd like to know what your opinions are on the films that we have reviewed this week. So that's Hmm. I Feel Pretty, The Strangers, Leisure Seeker, Tully, The Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society. Get in touch and tell us what you thought of the films. Did you agree with us? Did you disagree with us? Did you think I was completely wrong about the Guernsey uh, Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society as David disagreed with me? Um, but in a good way. Um, but did you disagree as well? Did you agree with me? We want to know. And we'll give you some tickets <laughs> if we think you're... <laughs> uh, actually desperate. I just, I wanna do, I just want to give free stuff away. I want to give free stuff away. Also, yeah. if you don't like
1: the show, let us know. <laughs> no, please do. Um, every show has to have a bad email and we haven't received one yet. So if you're listening to this and thinking this is absolute rubbish... Please let me let us know. Yeah, and you might you might insult us, and we might give you the free tickets. There you go. Yeah, week ten. Is it worth it? <laughs>
0: Goodbye. <laughs> we always end on a weird thing, don't oh, we? Oh, It's always something. Yeah, it's oh, my limbs hurt.